0: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hello and welcome to The Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Joined By well, no one
0: <laughs> to discuss everything
1: that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Cult Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Pay Per Views, Premium Live Events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestler culture. As I said, though, I'm all on my own today to discuss last night's episode of Raw. Both Dudley Boys are off, and everyone else in the office either is too busy, or at least told me they are too busy to come in here and talk all things Raw with me for the next hour. I don't know if it's going to go on for an hour, if I'm perfectly honest. It is just me and my close personal friend, the soundboard. Yay! But son it. Of, let's see uh, how this goes. I do, by the way, want to reinforce the fact that normal service will resume tomorrow. Uh, Sidgwick's back then and we'll talk uh, NXT and AW that will hopefully continue for the rest of the week if Sid doesn't get sick of me. And then I think Hamlet is back next week. Oh, and I should point out later on today, because Andy doesn't watch NXT, and I'll be honest, I haven't caught up on it uh, since WrestleMania. Instead, me and Andy are going to be doing a, a QA and a podcast. So if you've Probably just started listening to this as soon as it comes out. They might be just time uh, to send us some burning wrestling questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. But yeah, I thought I'd just come in here and give my thoughts on Monday Night Raw to give some semblance of normality to the podcast schedule, and especially because I really quite enjoyed last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, I realised it was an incredibly low bar it had to clear following last week. Quick word on on the Raw after WrestleMania, by the way. Now, granted, my views might be slightly skewed because I was lucky enough to be in attendance and be sat alongside Simon Miller, this beacon of positivity. But I, I didn't think it was as bad as as everyone made it out to be. It obviously was a, a weird emotional place that everyone was in after night two of WrestleMania and particularly with the Endeavor deal news and the return of Vince McMahon, basically. But I don't think it was the worst Raw ever. I think didn't think it was the worst Raw after WrestleMania ever. I didn't even think it was the worst Raw after WrestleMania that I'd been to. And I've only been to three The one I went to last year featured the debut of Ezekiel, and I'm fairly certain the main event was just a Roman Reigns promo where he said, acknowledge me at the end instead of the beginning to send the fans home happy, and on the Raw after WrestleMania 35, we got a fake-out world title unification match ruined by not the Undisputed Era, but by Cesaro and Sheamus. Nothing against them, obviously. Um, but it wasn't exactly what people were hoping for. And the debut of Lars Sullivan. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed the Raw after WrestleMania last week. Obviously, it wasn't uh, to the level I was hoping for. But, yeah, again, it will get to around sort of March next year, and I'll be ready to be hurt again setting far too high expectations for a Raw after WrestleMania that they haven't really put any effort into for for quite a few years. Will that change going forward? I wouldn't hold your breath, if I'm honest. But I will say last night's Raw was a vast improvement. Um, Vince McMahon was not backstage, although anyone who thinks that just because Vince isn't there, the show's going to go back to the way it was under Triple H needs their head examining. He just would tear up the script via Zoom rather than in person. Uh, and, of course, the big story for last night's Raw, which I read on my phone when I woke up this morning. I saw a tweet from either Sean Ross app or the, the Fightful account, and it was about how there had to be lots of last-minute changes to last night's Raw, and I thought, oh, God, here we go again. But this was because of travel chaos. Loads of wrestlers either couldn't make it to Seattle or, in the case of uh, Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle, Made it there for the last two minutes, basically, uh, on Raw. And as a result of that travel chaos, we didn't get Bianca Belair on this show. And I believe there was a planned match between The Miz and Matt Riddle that got scrapped. Um, But honestly, more travel chaos, please, Monday Night Raw. I wish Bianca Belair had been on the show. I love Bianca Belair. Um, But the fact we had to sort of drag out a Finn Balor Rey Mysterio opener, which I thought was really enjoyable made the show instantly uh, more enjoyable than last week. And I thought everything that they, I don't know if they hoied it on at the last minute or just restructured or whatever it may be, all kind of made sense. All made me excited for the future. So, Yeah. More travel chaos going forward, please, WWE. But let's dive into this show, because the show opened uh, with Hall of Famer and Deadbeat Dad, Rey Mysterio, coming out, talking about his WrestleMania week and how it should have been, you know, the highest of highs. And it was more up and down, in the words of, of Simon Miller, because, yes, he was celebrating going into the Hall of Fame, and he gets all the You Deserve It chants. And he competed at the biggest WrestleMania of all time this year, of course. Um, but he said, unfortunately, he also had to fight the ex-con Dom. This, of course, brings out Dominic Mysterio, who I'm fairly certain, and the, think of the ground this covers, is the best heel in all of wrestling right now. His The heat, Phil Chambers showed me a clip of him cutting a promo on SmackDown as part of a lineup of the Judgment Day. The heat that guy gets is unbelievable. I was sat there at WrestleMania thinking shouldn't have beaten Dom that's that's it now isn't it he's he's complained to his dad he's lost that's finished and both guys can sort of just go in new directions following wrestlemania but that's part of the reason why i quite enjoyed last week's raw actually is bad bunny getting his head kicked in put through a table uh, and dom still being pissed off with his dad um, so yeah dom just still gets unbelievable levels of heat Do I want him to win Money in the Bank? Do I want to take it that far? Is this the first year? Maybe if I pick him to win Money in the Bank, this will be the first year that Sami Zayn might actually win it, although he's kind of busy being a tag champion, I suppose. So anyway, he comes out, he calls Judgment Day uh, his real family and said he would have won at WrestleMania if not for Bad Bunny. Uh, And obviously, they show replays of everything that happened, not only at WrestleMania, but on the Raw after WrestleMania, where he got chinned by Bad Bunny, and then Damian Priest chokeslammed him through a table. Um, He says, look, Bad Bunny, he makes a lot of good music. Um, but Damien Priest putting him through a table was music to my ears. And Ray says, well, I spoke to, spoke to Bad Bunny on the phone. Uh, he is going to be back soon. I sense probably in time to host WrestleMania Backlash and maybe take part in a tag team match. Who knows? Um, but Ray says, Dom, be a man. Um, you know, I didn't want to fight you at WrestleMania. But you know what? I'm very much willing to have a rematch uh, tonight in Seattle. And Dom responded brilliantly, No. I don't want to fight my own father, but I know someone who will. And then, unbelievably, Finn Balor came out. Finn Balor, who, out of everyone who competed at WrestleMania, and I'm including Shane McMahon in this list, deserves the biggest break. After Mania, he had to have, like, what, 20 stitches shoved in his head? I read something else on Twitter. I don't know if this is true or not. He's got some sort of calf injury, or maybe you've suffered the calf injury during this match. But he went 15 minutes with Rey Mysterio, and it was great. This felt like almost like a main event in terms of the quality. These t- I know it's Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio. You could put them in a ring um, without telling him anything beforehand, and they'd produce magic. But I just had a great time watching this. Um Like I said, did I think that originally on the run sheet this match was going to go 15 minutes? Probably not. Am I glad that it did? Absolutely. Um, We go to a commercial break after back and forth between these two. Uh, Ray makes a comeback uh, but gets cut off going for a 619 by a Baller clothesline. Baller shotgun drop kicks Ray into the corner, goes up top for the coup de grace but gets caught up there, head butted by Ray Mysterio and dropped off the top with a Hurricane Rana for two. Uh, Ray does eventually manage to hit the 619, uh, but Baller gets his knees up on a frog splash attempt. And small packages Ray for a two count. Balor takes the ref. Dom goes after Ray again with that steel chain of his. This time, Ray ducks it, chucks Balor to the outside, and then takes out both of them uh, with a suicide dive. Slams Balor's head against the table a few times. Chucks him back in. Um, but as Balor slides back in, he takes the ref again. And as, Dom's, uh, as Ray's trying to get back in, Dom drops him with the steel chain. Balor hits Ray Mysterio with a coup de grace. One, two, three. We can all see where this is heading. Um, and I love it. I think, yet again, WWE have have thought past WrestleMania and rather just go, uh, just put any old toss on there or just do a load of really boring, straightforward, obvious rematches. Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny versus, could be Damian and Darmic, and could be, Uh, Finn and... It could be Rhea and Dom, let's be honest. Uh, As long as Dom's in there, I don't really care. That arguably could be the main event of Backlash. There's going to be a match I'm going to talk about later on that probably is going to be the main event because it's huge. But it's in Puerto Rico. It's got Bad Bunny in it. It's going to do big things this match. Anyway, um, we cut backstage... Uh, from earlier on in the day, uh, and uh, Maxime Dupree is there um, going at it with Chad Gable whilst trying to sort out, oh, this. Um, and the cameraman gets distracted because, oh, there's some screaming around the corner. And Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are checking on an injured leader. Mm, suspicious. And Adam Pearce comes in and Trish and Becky... And they, what oh, what's going on? Oh, she's clearly been attacked backstage. Was it one of Liv and Raquel? No, it was it was Trish Stratus. We could all see where this was heading. Um, but Becky's obviously skeptical of, of Liv and Raquel. And, well, we'll get to that in, in a minute, actually, because we get a quick video package of uh, Cody at Mania and then on the roar after WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar murdering him, basically. Um Corey Graves says WWE's reached out to Lesnar and his team for a comment. Haven't heard anything, but he sort of speculated that Lesnar maybe snapped because he was upset about the placement of his match at WrestleMania. A five-star match, by the way, Dave Meltzer. But anyway, we come back, uh, and Becky Lynch is talking to Byron Saxon about Lita being in a local medical facility. Um, And when Lynch finds out who attacked her, she's going to smack their heads off. Um, And she's annoyed because, obviously, she's promised the people, a title defense, um, and now she's lost her tag team partner. But thankfully, just so happens that uh, she came up with a better idea or someone else came up with a better idea, and someone's going to sort of Freebird rule this, and it is Trish Stratus taking Lita's place. And then we got the uh, tag team title match. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez challenging Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus For the tag team titles. Again, uh, another sort of 15-odd minute match that probably wouldn't have gone as long as this had it not been the case that everyone was stuck in an airport somewhere. Um, But fine by me. More Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, and the brilliant Raquel Rodriguez, who looked gigantic in this match. Um, After a break... Morgan tags in uh, Raquel, who hits Lynch with a fallaway away slam and that great sort of jumping, diving, twisting sent on out of the corner for a two-count. Uh, Stratus hitting a hurricane runner off the top. Always good to see that. Uh, and Lynch hits Rodriguez with a leg drop following that for another near fall. Uh, Rodriguez comes back with consecutive backbreakers and then sort of chucks Liv Morgan, and that allows her to hit a Tornado DDT for another near fall. There was also a Tower of Doom spot where Rodriguez takes out her own partner, but also the uh, tag team that they're facing um, with a big powerbomb, basically. And then there was a, uh, let's be honest, a bit of a clunky spot where Lynch hit Raquel with the diamond dust whilst also hitting Liv Morgan with a leg drop, um, so they go back and forth, heading towards the finish. Stratus hits uh, Stratus faction on Raquel, but Morgan fires back with a code breaker on Becky Lynch. Uh, goes for oblivion, but Lynch strong strong arms are out of it and hits her with a manhandle slam. Raquel Rodriguez has to break up the cover there. So Lynch tags out, takes out Raquel Rodriguez on the outside. It looks like Stratus is going to win the thing for her team with a chick kick, uh, but Morgan ducks. Schoolboys, Trish Stratus. One, two, three. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are your new women's tag team champions. Um, But the result of this match was kind of overshadowed with what came afterwards. So Liv Morgan and Raquel head off up the rank with their new gold, celebrating the inevitable betrayal of Raquel. Has to wait for another week, I sense. Um, And instead, uh, Trish Stratus is just looking devode. Becky Lynch. Helps her to her feet and says, "Ah, you're all right. I'm a bloody legend, this!" And raises Trish Stratus's arm, and you think all's good. Except no one actually thought it was all good, did they? We could all see what was coming here. As Becky Lynch goes to walk out of the ring, Trish Stratus attacks her from behind, drops her with a chick kick. I love me some heel Trish Stratus, so I really like this as an angle. And uh, yeah, it's a one-off match. Uh, and, a, and a way to get I know it wasn't the finish of the match, but it's a way to get the tag titles off. Let's be honest, a temporary tag team. I love Lita, um, but she's not going to be sticking around to work uh, Survivor Series all the way through till Survivor Series alongside Becky Lynch. So you've taken the titles off them. Liv and Racket will probably, let's be honest, once the injuries healed, are going to drop them to to uh, Ronda and Shayna. So you've got that, and the story is not oh Trish's cost. Lita and uh, Becky, their tag titles. Because if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just be like, ah, I'm going to screw you out of a big match at WrestleMania and look like a fool on the biggest stage of them all. Instead, the story is, they couldn't really work that cohesively as a team. Graves sort of kept putting that over on commentary. And then, yeah, afterwards, Trish Stratus reveals her true colors and you'll get Trish and Becky probably at Backlash. Maybe Lita's involved, maybe Lita and... Trish, one more time, maybe that's a Saudi show thing, I don't know, but yeah, heel Trish Stratus, I remember, was was great back in the day, and yeah, it all felt a little bit too twee after we'd had the big WrestleMania 6 woman, so I'm glad they pulled the trigger on this quickly, uh, Paul Heyman's backstage with a shocked Kathy Kelly, uh, and basically Paul Heyman just keeps, as he did on SmackDown, dodging the question about Brock Lesnar, um, I don't think he's ever going to say he's Usy, but his association is, you know, qu- under question. Uh, has he got any insight as to why Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes last week? And Heyman says yes. Well, he asks me another question now, and he mockingly does a question for her, basically asking about tonight's main event between Kevin Owens and Solo Um, because Sami Zayn. And Matt Riddle aren't there due to travel issues, although he put it over brilliantly by saying maybe they were at the airport and thought, yeah, do we get on this flight? Because we're getting on a flight to basically get our heads kicked in by the Usos, Solo Sokoa, the whole of the bloodline, basically. Um, So they just said, said to each other, why don't we just get a later flight and say we're having travel issues? And he says, Owens is a problem and Solo Sokoa is a problem solver. And uh, he points out that the Usos are here tonight, which weirdly gets a pop for a heel tag team. But of course, um, I've been stood across from those gentlemen relatively recently. And it is a terrifying experience, particularly when Sokoa won't take your eyes off you. Um, And if you want to check that out, by the way, the video is on our YouTube channel. Um, And Heyman concludes this by saying, who'd take advantage of Kevin Owens in such a vulnerable state? Well... We the ones. Byron Saxton is less successful in his interview with Trish Stratus, who just blows right past him. And so instead we cut to a video from SmackDown of Triple H talking about the game changing with the upcoming WWE draft. Uh, And then two-thirds of Damage Kataral are outside Postman Pierce's office. Here comes Bailey! Oh, thank God. It was just such a relief to see Bailey back on WWE TV after all the speculation following last week's Raw. Um, and she says, look, I've tried to get as a tag title match um, off the back of what's happened tonight, but it's going to have to wait. Um, but I've told him we need to stick together as a team for the WWE draft. Uh, but she did have news. She has got herself a spot in the triple threat tonight to determine the number one contender for Bianca Belair uh, and the Raw Women's Championship against Michin and Piper Niven. Um, But Kai and Sky are not happy about this news. Uh, Sky cuts a promo in Japanese and Kai translates and says, yeah, she's got a point, actually. Shouldn't it be one of us that gets the shot instead of you? And Bailey says, all right, I'll talk to Piers. More on that in a little while. Because then we got the Battle of the Goliaths. It was, oh, Corey Graves even pointed out, actually, Big E's dream match. Big meaty men slapping meat. Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Um, It went to a count out. So frustrating this. Um, It was difficult. I I sort of knew the moment this match started. You've got Yandre the Giant winner there. So you're not going to beat Bobby. But also Bronson Reed, I'm fairly certain, hasn't lost on Monday Night Raw. So you're not going to beat him either. But the ground didn't seem too pissed off by the count. Now, they booed, obviously, but the moment they started getting back into it on the outside following this, um, they sort of forgot about the fact that they didn't really get a proper result. Um, some of the spots in this match, though, were... <laughs> I don't know how well executed they were, but I enjoyed watching them, and I particularly enjoyed seeing some of them in slow motion. Um... When we went to a break, it was because Bronson Reed had taken control, hitting a shoulder tackle off the apron. Bobby Lashley, I know, look at him. He's, I shouldn't be surprised. It's a bit like Bianca Belair. I shouldn't be surprised because I've seen it so many times. These people execute incredible feats of strength with quite with ease. Um, but Lashley hits Bronson with a neck breaker under this ridiculous, easy vertical suplex. But as he goes to apply the hurt lock, he can't do it because Bronson Reed's so damn thick. Um, and Bronson Reed has quite a good tactic uh, to get out of it, which is fall backwards because he look at the bloody size of him, basically. And that breaks it up. Reed goes up top, uh, was going to go for the tsunami, but Lashley uh, avoided it. Reed knocks him down again, though, with... I mean, I've written down diving body block. He just jumped at him. He just did what my nephew does when we're play fighting and he wants to do a move off the sofa, basically. Just chuck your body generally in the direction of your opponent and hope for the best. If you're read it, it's probably going to look good. Um, but Lashley fires back with this huge spine bust from the crowd. Um and he goes for the hurt lock again. This time, Reed uses his momentum uh, to to spill out to the side of the ring. Reed's fighting Lashley on the outside, posts him, uh, and they both get counted out. And as I said, the crowd not happy about this, understandably. Um, but they continue to brawl after the match, and all the referees and officials spill out, and they keep getting separated and going back together, and separated and going back together. Look. Will I watch this match again? Absolutely. Uh, Run it back between these two. I just think you've got to be definitive. And I know how often do we get that in a Vince McMahon helmed Monday Night Raw. Back one of these guys to the hilt because look at the bloody size of them. This
0: Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: We then got a, a promo from Cody Rhodes. And look, I was along with everyone else thinking, I think you probably should have put the belt on him at WrestleMania. It kind of took all the air out of the SoFi Stadium when they got that three count did the bloodline and uh, Roman Reigns in particular. However, I think it may be a bit of over-exaggeration to say, oh, Cody Rhodes is never going to be as over as he was at WrestleMania 39. Listen to the noise when Cody just walks out here in Seattle. Look, if it's me booking, I'd have put the title on him at 39 Second best option is, yeah, this redemption arc, a la his dad, uh, who got screwed at the world title and blah, 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 and eventually put the title on Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam. So he goes through Brock at Backlash, and I don't know, maybe someone, I don't know. Does it need to be the money in the bank? Not for me. I think Roman says, no, I'm not going to face you, and then Cody runs through everyone. Uh, maybe beats everyone in the bloodline. Who knows? Uh, But works his way back up to a title shot at SummerSlam. You've done your thousand days thing, WWE. Well done. Put that on a T-shirt. Roman can go away and come back on the road to WrestleMania next year. Cody can hold the title um, and obviously take that to WrestleMania 40, where I'd have him face the guy who almost beat him at the Royal Rumble this year. The guy who I think should win the Royal Rumble next year. And maybe, do I want him to go undefeated? No, I want I want Sheamus to beat him. Because you can have Sheamus win at, let's say, Money in the Bank, for example. Take the IC title off Gunther. That's the man I'm getting to, by the way. And then um, have him be undefeated from then on. And basically, he's the big bad coming after Cody at WrestleMania. I think that would be an absolute to use a shameless term, banger, of a main event at next year's WrestleMania. But anyway, here comes Cody to cut his promo. Hey, guys, what do you want to talk about? Um, He says, look, normally I've had a very singular sort of focus since I returned to WWE, from Seth Rollins to my injured tit to the Royal Rumble to finishing the story. But last week made it all a bit cloudy, so let's navigate this fog together. Uh, he says, look, WrestleMania, under the brightest lights, I lost. I don't mean to blame anyone but me. I didn't calculate the lengths Roman would be willing to go. I lost, and I'm sorry. Um, and he heard two things after that match. His dear friend, Matt, who could that be, um, said, look, hey, being, a main, being in a main event, that's, that's a win in itself, right? I mean, do wins and losses even matter at your age? absolutely, says Cody. The only people who say wins and losses don't matter are Hall of Famers and people who finished their stories. Um, But the other thing he heard, he said, wasn't meant for him, or wasn't meant for him to hear at least. Paul Heyman, who said, um, if Cody was ever going to challenge the title ever again, he's got to earn it. Earn it, he says, I am it. Um, But now this tale has a whole new wrinkle. Um, He name checks the rubber chicken. Says you know what's more embarrassing? The loser title match, a foot away from a rubber chicken, offering up your innocence to the beast who repays it in destruction. Um, somebody tell me why Brock did what he did. Uh, I heard people say that Brock was unhappy with his spot on Mania. I get it almost, but he thinks that actually Brock is uncertain about Cody Rhodes. Why would he wait until his back was turned? Look, if you're Brock Lesnar. If you look in the mirror, all you see is a predator. He's a Hall of Famer in both worlds, WWE and UFC. I mean, even as a rookie, he saw The Rock as a victim. We are lunch to Brock Lesnar, says Cody. John Cena, Randy Couture, The Undertaker's streak, all of them victims. But is that what Brock thinks when he looks at Cody? If the question is posed, are you scared of Brock Lesnar? Cody says the answer is yes. I'd be crazy not to be. I like the fact that he's not braggadocious and saying, nah, it's only Brock Lesnar. What's he ever done? Um, But he still wants to fight Brock Lesnar because that's the kind of guy Cody Rhodes is. Um, When Brock blinks, Cody says he will strike. He's going to leave no stone unturned. um, And when Brock Lesnar looks in the mirror next time, he doesn't see Predator. He'll see prey for the first time in his life. Uh, he's going to see a victim, Cody's victim, he says, anywhere, anytime, any place. But he knows, of course, because it's <laughs> not WrestleMania or one of the big shows, Brock's not here tonight. So instead, he lays down the challenge for Brock Lesnar, face-to-face, one-on-one, at WrestleMania Backlash, even though it's not called that anymore. I think it's just called Backlash. But he wants to face the beast at Backlash. And later on in the show, uh, Corey Graves confirms that uh, Brock Lesnar will answer the challenge on next week's show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, would this match have been better as a sort of first challenge to Cody Rhodes's world title reign? Because we kind of both know that it's not going to be the first title defense where Cody loses his title. He could have faced anyone at Backlash um, as new world champion. Obviously, yes. But look, if you want to you want to go through a redemption arc, what a hell of an obstacle to overcome. There is the fear, obviously. I have it. You probably have it too. That with Vince in charge, the uh, obstacles aren't going to be overcome by Cody and Brock's just going to squash him and we're going to do Brock Roman 28 or whatever it is. But I still have a modicum of faith in WWE. (laughs) May well come back to haunt me. Let it play out, guys. We'll see. Uh, But speaking of the bloodline, the Usos versus Alpha Academy was next. Um, again, I don't know if this match was was already planned or planned to go this long, but anything that gets me some Chad Gable in the ring is all right by me, and particularly if he gets to go over 10 minutes, which he did here. Although early on, it wasn't about Chad Gable. New favorite Chad Gable thing, by the way. Love me some shoosh, obviously. Love a shoosh. But his um, peace symbols, you know, sort of yes movement, but with his hands in the air as he does a... Cr- Basically, it's a crab movement, isn't it? He's going back and forth, left to right or right to left, doing that. Don't know why. That's just tickled me all over again. But Chad Gable's the best, obviously, and I for one would like to see him continually given this sort of spotlight. And the Usos are quite a good team as well. But it was all about Otis. Sorry, Otis. Oh early on here, I um, like <laughs> you know the Usos. Yes, they've lost the, lost the tag titles, but they're still dangerous badasses, as demonstrated by the main event. But in, they can still sell for jiggling man who gets out of a cradle and just sort of thrusts a little bit. In the end, though, the Usos take down uh, Chad Gable and knock Otis off the apron to take us to a break. When we come back, Otis makes the hot tag, uh, hits both of them with World's Strongest Slams, gets a two count on Jimmy. Caterpillar gets another... Yeah, baby. Um, and they hit a sort of, I don't know, what's he called? Steinerizer, whatever it is. One's on the shoulder, you know, you've got one of the Usos on the shoulders and Gable comes off the top and drops him. Um, in the end, though, Jay breaks up the cover with a super kick to Chad Gable. Um, they can't really take out Otis with dives. He just sort of staggers a little bit. So instead they double super kick him over the announce desk. Um, Gable fires back with a brilliant moonsault to the outside to take out both of them. Diving headbutt on Jimmy for a two count. Um, but as he goes for a like a chaos theory suplex, Jay tags himself in, saves Jimmy. They super kick Gable together, hit him with the 1D. One, two, three. Look, me and Phil the other day did a uh, New Directions after WrestleMania 39 video. And we didn't really mention the men's tag titles because it was fairly obvious that, the Usos are kind of looking for redemption in the eyes of Roman reigns as well, so just running it back. I know I complained earlier about the uh, you know, basic system of well, it's backlash, so you just run matches that you had at WrestleMania again, but think got five stars by Melzer, I think it did. deserved to. Main event of night one, a WrestleMania main event being run back at uh, backlash in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Fine, good, and uh, especially with the yeah, with the story of them trying to sort of divide and conquer Kevin and Sammy, and desperately trying anything, and potentially the threat could be there that if you don't win these tag titles, you're out of the bloodline. So they need to get these sort of straightforward victories, and Chad Gable and I know it's a kind of Teflon to defeats, aren't they? Because. Well, I'm more concerned with what's going on with maximum male models and the Alpha Academy, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, number one contenders match came next. It was uh, Michin and Piper Niven. And Bailey had given up her place in this match for the brilliant EO Sky. And I realize I'm doing this podcast on my own, so we won't do any five star review review. You can still submit yours, of course. What Culture Wrestling? Uh, wherever you get your podcast from. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. Oh, he's not here again, is he, to do the thing? We need the proof. Uh, and then email me your five-star review, Wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, and normally, we'd uh, put it in for something, well, we talk about something short crap and wrestling related. Instead of a god awful raw segment or match this wasn't the case uh, and if we were going to do it on this show we'd probably as much as i enjoyed uh, the big meaty men slapping meat probably do it for the you know no contest count out um between bobby and uh, bronson reed but i was i very much watched this match initially with arms folded i love me some meachin and, and piper niven but the prospect of an eo sky bianca Belair match damage Qatar or not, or not for for eo sky I was like, "Yes, these two can have an absolute ripper given a proper amount of time, and they will be uh, on premium live events. So I was watching my arms folded, going, "Yo, Sky, better win this. I don't want this to be part of some more, oh, damaged Qatar or spiraling, what have you." Um, Oh, I got what I wanted. Io Sky initially um, was in control with a, a beautiful Asai Moon Salt, uh, which took us to a break about a minute into this match. Uh, when we come back, Piper Niven uses her power to take over, takes out both women with a crossbody, tries to pin both women. Um, Sky takes Meachin down with a middle rope hurricane hurricanrana and a springboard drop kick on Piper Niven. Niven later on goes for an elbow drop on Meachin, but Meachin moves. Piper hits Sky. Meachin hits Niven with her eat defeat finisher, but Sky breaks up the cover with a moonsault and pins Meachin. One, two, three. EO Sky is the new number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. The right result here. Um, look, I think long term, it's kind of over. For um, damage Katarl, I'd have Bailey get her ass kicked by these two who get ideas above their station, basically. I still hope that they have plans for Kai and Sky because they're brilliant, aren't they? Um, and Bailey needs to turn face now, especially considering how worried people were about her potentially leaving the company this time last week. But in the interim, EO Sky, number one contender, title match with Bianca Belair. Sign me up. Uh, before the main event, we got an interview with Kevin Owens, Byron Saxton, chatting to him. Uh, look, Owens knows what he's going to ask. He got you know injured on SmackDown, and he shouldn't have taken this match, but uh, his heart uh, told him he had to beat the hell out of Solo Sokoa for what he did to him. Uh, he says, look, I know Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle, they aren't here, uh, but I don't care. Read the back of my shirt, Byron Saxton. Byron Saxton does the whole, well, it says, just keep Fighting And Owens is fired up by this and says, good job. And heads out for the main event. Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. Um, I think Heyman called him earlier the proverbial one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. And we got into that very early on here. Uh, Owens wants to get some revenge on Solo Sokoa. But all Solo Sokoa has to do is kick the leg out of his leg and... It's not going to be a good time if you're fighting Solo Sikora at the best of times. If you're fighting him with an injury, in an injury on one of your legs, and you're, you know, both of your finishers <laughs> has a nice line for one of the usos in that interview of mine, uh, Kevin. I don't know what my finisher is, Owens. Both of his finishers, whether it's the stunner or the pop-up power bomb, you need, you need your legs. There's not many finishers. That you don't need your legs. Therefore, but um, yeah, he was always going to struggle here but he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the fact that the Uso's there at ringside. In fact, at one point, he drops Jey Uso and chucks Stokes Sokoa into the steel steps, uh, but his leg ugh, gives out. Um, Sokoa manages to hit a running hip attack to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, um, they're just beating the ch- out of each other. Owens hits a super kick, but as he goes to the cannonball, his leg gives out. So Solo Sokoa pops straight back up and Hops him in the mouth with a super kick for a two count. Um, Owens manages to knock Solo Sokoa off the turnbuckle, though. Uh, drops him cock first on there. And then uh, hit him with a frog splash for two. Goes for a stunner. Sokoa blocks that and hits a Samoan drop. Um, Jimmy distracts the referee. This is when Owens actually takes Sokoa down from the top. He fends off Jay and he hits Sokoa with a senton bomb for a near fall. Um, Sokoa comes back, hits uh, Owens with a huge boot, uh, but Owens manages to, despite everything, hit Solo Sokoa with a great pop-up powerbomb. Um, But as he goes for a stunner, Solo Sokoa blocks it. Jimmy takes the ref again. Jay superkicks Owens. Sokoa nails Owens with the Samoan spike for the victory. One, two, three for Solo Sokoa. Good. He only recently obviously lost his undefeated streak in terms of pinfalls, I know I think he got DQ'd at one point, but doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> he only just recently lost that, yeah, pinfall uh, loss to, to Cody Rhodes on the road to WrestleMania. This was the right result, obviously, uh, and Owens has got the excuse with the injury. And post-match, the bloodline smelled blood in the water uh, and decided to further beat the crap out of Kevin Owens. When we cut backstage to see Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn, uh, and Sami Zayn's... Sami Zayn's urgent running is a thing to behold. They are sprinting into the arena. So presumably they've run directly from the airport. Um, and so you have seen running through the arena. We cut back and they're still just putting the boots to Kevin Owens. Um, they run through Gorilla. Sami Zayn says, hit by music. They run out. Um, they drop the Usos on the ramp. The two of them go after Solo Sikoa in the ring. Um it looks like Jay's going to get hit with another Halluva kick from uh, from Sammy Zayn. Before he can do that, though, Jimmy gets in and gets involved. He gets hit with a stunner from Kevin Owens. Um, but as uh, it looks like finally uh, Sammy's going to get revenge and, uh, and lay out Jay with a Halluva kick. A second time, Sokoa pulls Jay out of the ring, tries to jump back in there, gets dropped off the apron, and the Uso's go, leave it, Solo, he's not worth it. And... The bloodline back up on the ramp as the uh, the three men, Owen, Zayn, and Riddle, stand tall to close out Monday Night Raw. Like I said, really enjoyable episode. Um, I'm going to say, and uh, gents, if you disagree, speak up now, the best wrestling show this month. Oh, I think that's fairly, <laughs> oh my God. fairly definitive there, guys. <laughs> Uh, look, it was a vast improvement, obviously, on, on last week's Raw. Uh, and like I said, if, if this is what happens when we get travel chaos, more travel chaos, please, WWE. Obviously, normally, this would go a bit longer because I'd get the thoughts of two actual intelligent wrestling fans But unfortunately, they're not here today. It's just me. So instead, let me know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw uh, and where we go from here on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. You can follow both of them. Uh, Normal service, as I said, will resume from tomorrow. Proper for all three of the Musketeers. Uh, we'll be back on uh, on Monday, uh, but you can follow him at Michael Hamflet. I'm just gesturing an empty chair here. You can follow him at M. Sidgwick. And as I said, you can follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Um, we will be doing a uh, more than one person podcast later on today. Me and Andy are going to be in here answering your burnery, burning wrestling questions, uh, which you can Maybe still send us if you've speed-ran this podcast at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. But if you're listening to this a few hours after that, hey, me and Andy answer your questions every day on the news. Um, You just got to time it, really, because basically we pick the first three questions we see. So sort of back-time it wherever you are in the world. um, Around 8 a.m. UK time, whenever that is, just schedule a tweet for then. And you'll probably get your question read out on the news with me and Andy. But like I said, we'll be here a little bit later on to answer your burning wrestling questions. For now, though, we'll leave it there. This has been the Raw Review. My thanks to you for putting up with me for the last 40-odd minutes. And I'll see you soon.